Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Again, that's Pam Pastor Copywriting at gmail.com. And today we're going to discuss one morning she woke up different. And have you ever attempted to argue in a whisper? Well, yesterday we had discussed the power of speech in our lives. But today, continuing on that same vein and journey, we're going to have specific examples. But first, I'd like to share with you something my daughter gave to me. The author is unknown, but this is a three-part statement, and it offers us some great advice when we place God into the middle of it. So first, we all may want to consider being done with trying to figure out who was with us, against us, or walking down the middle because they didn't have the guts to pick a side. We're done with anything that doesn't bring us peace. And secondly, we realized that opinions were a dime a dozen. Validation was for parking, and loyalty wasn't a word but a lifestyle. Finally, It was this day that our life changed, and not because we realized that life is way too short to leave the key to our happiness in someone else's pocket. We choose Jesus. This has the flavor of forgiveness within it, though, don't you think? And really, it's our mindset that's important. When we forgive in our minds, we adopt the right heart attitude. When our heart is right, then and only then will we be able to move forward into our calling that God has placed upon our lives. I've learned that small people hold grudges, but my calling in life and yours as well is way too high to live small. So God has called us to rise up higher, and that's what we're doing within these podcasts. So Exodus 21 verse 1 calls us to think before acting to consider the effects of our choices. Think of our plans for today and consider what their long-range results will be. As we deal with others, we should keep the principles of these laws in mind. We should act responsibly and justly with all people, friends and enemies alike. When we doubt the goodness of God, the enemy has positioned us right where he wants us. Satan wants us to believe that God is strict, stingy, maybe even selfish. But after all, Satan led Eve to believe that God didn't want to share the knowledge of good and evil with her either. He encouraged her to focus on that one thing that she didn't have. And like Eve, you and I fall into trouble when we focus on what we can't or what we don't have, rather than things that God has blessed us with. So I would challenge you and I challenge myself to the next time we're feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves to consider all that we do have and then be thankful to God. 
And think about this for a moment. Adam and Eve got what they wanted, an intimate knowledge of good and evil. But in order to obtain these experiences, they had to perpetuate evil. And their results proved to be dire. Satan will attempt to persuade us that freedom is doing whatever we want. Personally, I'd argue that there's freedom in structure. True freedom comes from obedience and knowing not what to do. The guardrails God gives us are for our own good, helping us to avoid doing evil. In our lives, we have the free permissible will to walk out into traffic in front of a speeding car, and yet we don't need to do that and be hit in order to learn how foolish that would be. We don't need to listen to Satan and his lies and his temptations. More importantly, We do not need to do evil to gain experience through the school of hard knocks to teach us more about life. Think about how insidious the enemy was in tempting Eve. He used a sincere motive to tempt her. He promised she would be just like God. In reality, this was merely a projection. All along, it's been Satan who's longed to be just like God. He of all created beings recognizes this as one of humanity's highest and loftiest goals. It's what we're inherently supposed to do. By being purposely misled, Satan made Eve believe the way to accomplish this was by defying the very one true God whom created her. In essence, she would usurp God's authority and put herself on the throne of her life, removing God altogether. She would become her own God. And when we strive to become like God, it's not the same as attempting to be our own God. Do you see how subtle Satan is in his temptations? Instead, we recognize God's characteristics and authority in our lives. Our motives are usually worthy, but we try to achieve them oftentimes in the wrong ways. And earlier this week, I made a case that we seek and search for God and He and His mercy rescues us. But what does God's word have to say about this? Well, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9, we learn evil words destroy one's friends. Wise discernment rescues the godly. And the mouth can be used either as a weapon or a tool, hurting relationships or building them up. Sadly, it's often easier to destroy than to build. And most people have received more destructive comments than those that build up. Every person you meet today is either a demolition site or a construction opportunity. Our words will make a difference. We have the choice. Will we use them as weapons for destruction or as tools for construction? In our culture today, we often spend countless hours every week taking good care of our bodies and our appearance. And while this is not wrong, we also need to develop our ability to think and make wise decisions. I'd argue this takes and deserves the equal measure of effort. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 23 tells us that if we keep our mouths shut, we'll stay out of trouble. And this can be applied for all areas of our lives. We cannot not communicate. Let me repeat that. We cannot not communicate, yet we're given specific instructions on how to do so if we want to be effective and wise. 
Proverbs chapter 22 verse 24 says, Keep away from angry, short-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and will endanger our soul. Have you given much thought to who your friends are? It's helpful to choose people with the characteristics that we would like to develop in our own life and then surround ourselves with these very people. And this next proverb is also an important one for growth and making sure to stay within God's will for our lives. Proverbs 23 verse 12 says to commit yourself to instruction, attune your ears to hear words of knowledge. When we are willing to listen, we're most likely going to gain knowledge. Did you know it's actually a sign of strength when we pay attention to what others have to say? It's not a weakness. People who are eager to listen continue to grow and to learn throughout their entire lifetimes. And if we simply refuse to become set in our ways, we'll constantly expand our limits of knowledge. And as we discussed on yesterday's podcast, the book of Proverbs gives special attention to words and how they're used. What we say probably affects more people than any other action that we take. In the book of Proverbs, we're given four types of speech that people often utilize. Two of these patterns are health to our bones and the other two are detrimental for our lives. Often on this podcast and in my book, I discuss love and action, but what am I really conveying? One such way we demonstrate this love is by the words we choose to use and how they'll be of benefit to others. This is a direct correlation and expression of love and action. Part of this love is the ability to shift our mindsets to self-control. This will act as a wall or a barrier in our lives, but we should welcome this, not oppose it. While it is true that self-control limits us for sure, we need to view it as a good thing. It's necessary to possess, to avoid an out-of-control life, one that opens us up to attacks from the enemy. We need to reframe self-control to mean this is a wall for our defense and for our protection. And reverence is given for people who have a controlled and caring tongue. This speech pattern is delineated by thinking before speaking or remaining silent. These people give wise and truthful advice to others and they enjoy being encouragers and edifying the faith of others. We're going to explore some additional proverbs now that people with controlled tongues intuitively know. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 tells us, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. And so this word wrath deserves a little bit more exploration. So I looked in the Vines Expository Dictionary, and it describes wrath as more than angry. Uh, As a matter of fact, the Greek word orge is the word representing wrath, and it states it's the strongest of all passions. And orge suggests a more settled or abiding condition of the mind, frequently with a view to take revenge. But thumos, the Hebrew word of wrath, it's not expressed 
anger. The word distinguishes itself and indicates more of a state of agitation. It's a feeling of inward indignation. And when we break down the word wrath like this, it's helpful to see just how important God says it is that we avoid it. And the subtitle of my message today is based upon this verse. Have you ever tried to argue in a whisper? It's especially hard to argue with someone who insists on answering gently. On the other hand, a rising voice and harsh words almost always trigger an angry response. To turn away wrath and seek peace, we must choose gentle words. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 4 further instructs us that a gentle words bring life and health, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. We find that gentle words are soothing to the speaker as much as to the hearer. This is how we bring about life and healing to the very cells of our bodies. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 28 says that the godly think before speaking, but the wicked spout out evil words. The godly weigh their answers. The wicked don't before speaking because they don't care about the effects of their words. It's important to have something to say, but it's equally important to think about it first. So I would ask, do you carefully plan your words or do you pour out your thoughts without concern for their impact? Proverbs 16 verse 28 goes on to tell us that a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. So our refusal to be troublemakers must go deeper. It must be firmly planted in our minds by allowing God to transform the way that we think. It's possible to still be selfish, stubborn, arrogant, and strife-filled, even if we don't subscribe to worldly customs. It's only when the Holy Spirit renews and re-educates redirecting our minds that we will be truly transformed. And self-control is superior to conquest. Success in business, school, or even our home life can be ruined by a person when we lose control of our temper. So it's a great personal victory to control our temper. And when we feel ourselves ready to explode, we must remember that losing control may cause us to forfeit what we want the very most. So now we're going to look further at the controlled tongue. And in Proverbs, it tells us not to talk too much for it fosters sin or to be sensible and turn off the flow. In other words, less is more with our words. We also learn that from a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. God gives us wisdom when we're operating within his will. Here is where we will be persuasive. Proverbs 16 verse 21 tells us the wise are known for their understanding and instruction is appreciated if it's well presented. We're to remember that wise speech is sprinkled with salt and delivered with light. 
Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24 is similar to the one we covered earlier. It tells us that kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And I've always found when references are cited in multiple ways and in multiple locations, we need to pay extra attention to them. They're important. And this Proverbs literally telling us a second time that kind, gentle words are medicine for our body and our our souls. And you've probably heard your parents say it a thousand times over, but if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it at all. And that's really what Proverbs is teaching us when it says, belittling a neighbor is foolish. A person with good sense remains silent. And a neighbor in this case is anyone. It's just foolish to belittle anyone. Or these, a gossip goes around revealing secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. And a fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. So when someone annoys or insults us, it's natural to want to retaliate, but this solves nothing and only encourages trouble. Instead, we need to learn to place into action what the Proverbs suggest and answer slowly and quietly. Our positive response will achieve positive results. It's amazing how many profound proverbs exist in an attempt to offer us much-needed guidance. We're told that beginning a quarrel is like opening a floodgate, so we're to drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. When I think back to hurricanes and the damage that's been done by broken levees and dams, it's equivalent to nature's way of showing us what our messy thought life looks like. When we're truly wise, we'll use fewer words and our understanding will be one of an even temper. So let's discuss and break down the three benefits of keeping quiet. First, it's the best policy if we have nothing of importance to say. Secondly, we'll be allowed then to listen and learn from others. And finally, third, we'll have something in common with those who are wiser than ourselves. So following this advice and pausing to think and then speaking up when we do have something important to say is really the best policy. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 28 has this to say, Even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. When they keep their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. It really is no coincidence that God gave us two ears and one mouth. It's in keeping this one mouth shut that we stay out of trouble. What about being honest in our communication with others? I've heard some people say we're to be compassionate before being honest. And yet that's not what God's word tells us. Specifically, Proverbs chapter 24 verse 26 instructs it's an honor to receive an honest reply. This is reminding us that people often think that they should bend the truth to avoid hurting a friend, but one who gives an honest, straightforward answer is a true friend. And there are other areas within the scriptures that reference a caring, controlled tongue as well. For instance, in the book of Micah, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, 
The prophet Micah built a solid case for the people of Judea, which was the southern kingdom of Israel, for justice and for peace. Micah made it clear that God hates unkindness, idolatry, injustice, and empty rituals. And yes, God still hates all of these things today, but we serve an amazing God who is willing to pardon the sins of any who turn toward him in repentance. Our thoughts penetrate our hearts, and in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 20 through 23, he had this to say, It's the thought life that defiles you, for from within, out of, from within, out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, eagerness for lustful pleasure, envy, slander, pride, and even foolishness. All these things come from within. They're what defile you and me and make us unacceptable to God. Titus further tells us that everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are defiled. And we know that evil actions begin with a single thought. We cannot allow our minds to dwell on wickedness that results in sin. We cannot focus on evil as this defiles us. Even by our standard of judgment, we think someone else is deserving of punishment. We're not to focus on this as these thoughts only defile us. So instead, in the book of Philippians, Paul tells us to fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right. We're to think things that are pure, admirable, and lovely, and these things are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, let's think on all things of God and our thought life will be instantly cleaned up. Do you remember a few days ago on a previous podcast, I asked my guest, Matt, what first came to his mind when he saw or he heard an ambulance? This is what Paul is telling us in this very passage. What we put into our mind determines what comes out in our words and actions. Paul goes on to tell us to program our minds with good thoughts. If we're struggling with impure thoughts, we should assess what we're putting into our minds. What are we watching on television or reading in books or magazines? Are we engaging in conversations that are potentially problematic? We need to replace all of this with the word of God. We need to feed our soul some spiritual soul food. And when we ask God to help us to reprogram our minds into clean vessels through prayer, he's more than willing to help us. And while it doesn't happen overnight, the Holy Spirit will help us to renew our minds. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 teaches us not to copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform us into a new person by changing the ways that we think. Then we'll know what God wants us to do, and we'll know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. When we allow God to renew our minds, we're showing Him through our actions that we willingly want to obey Him by living to bring him honor. 
And when we use discretion and wisdom as our Christian filter, we quickly realize most of the world's behaviors are off limits to us. This is why Paul encourages us not to copy the customs and behaviors of this world. The world is not the role model Jesus had in mind for us to follow. He didn't come to earth as a living sacrifice for us to ignore his teachings. This is why it's a sign of a life well-lived when we see people in our world who are deemed as the tops of their professions or gifted, and yet they give all glory, honor, and praise to Jesus. These people have been called to be difference makers. But here's the amazing thing. You and me have also been called and chosen by God to impact his kingdom for good. We may only impact one other or a handful of other souls through right thinking and right living, but multiple, multiply that by the souls on earth and heaven could be packed from your contribution and mine. And that is just mind boggling. At the end of our time here upon earth, the goal is to hear God say in heaven, well done, good and faithful servant. We've covered a lot of ground today in our exploration of the controlled tongue. Some people are blind to the wisdom held in the pages of scripture. Friends, don't allow that to be you. If your heart and mind are receptive and you desire to learn from God, he will pour out his heart to you in spirit and in truth. I hope you've enjoyed our study today and I encourage you to come back on Thursday as we delve into the caring tongue. Until next time, God bless you. And friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not elsewhere, then I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus Christ. Simply repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other believers. Now, let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you have ever made. Congratulations, and God bless you. And as you go out into the world, allow me to pray this benediction of blessings over you from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. 
Much of today's podcast was referenced from my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, friends, please write to me. I'll find a way to get a copy into your hands. If you know anyone who may be interested in this material, please consider sharing it with them as well. So until next time, be blessed.